Orange and Blue 760. Welcome to Broncos Audio Zone Daily. I'm Andrew Mason. Thanks for joining me again. First, let's start with the news of the day, the Broncos' decision to place Menelik Watson on injured reserve and eventually release him. I broke down the news and the potential roster impact with Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards Monday morning. That was something that we had speculated about, guys that were veterans that were on the bubble. Now, the reason we had Menelik Watson, sorry to break up uh, the fun here, and we will get back to your dub. Don't worry, don't worry. Not not going anywhere. But Menelik Watson had a $5.5 million salary guarantee, and they're going to place him on IR and release him when he's healthy uh, at this point. The, the, The reality is... This for me with Middlelick Watson now uh, off the team is that they they feel comfortable with their not only their starters but their depth. Well, even if they don't necessarily feel comfortable with the depth at the at the guard position and even a, a, a swing tackle position, Middlelick Watson just hasn't been healthy. And you know, if a guy can't be healthy, I mean, you, you know, you can't really utilize him. So. I don't think it's so much, uh, you know, and hopefully they do feel comfortable, but even if they don't, they they got to have some other options. So uh, I would imagine they they may bring in a, another guard or another swing tackle, at least in the meantime, and uh, hopefully the guys that will be on the final roster are already here uh, because the guys, I thought uh, both first and second team did a, did a real nice job in the game of, uh, of blocking both run and pass. But the reality of it is this, Mace, if you can't stay healthy and there are guys stepping up and they, the, oh, even, yeah. if, even uh-huh. if you do believe you're going to bring somebody else in, we, we've already noticed what they think is their starting five offensive yeah. linemen. We, uh-huh. we already kind of got, have a good idea of that. And he wasn't cracking it. And, and that's due to performance of Connor McGovern. That's due to performance of, of the Connor new rag tackle. Balling, man, yeah. But the fact is, Mace, if, if you can't stay healthy, and that's been a bit of his problem for that's his career. That's his whole career. Yeah. He's missed 46 of a possible 80 games. Yeah. Played 34 over his five years. And when the news came down about the pec injury that he had last week and he was going for an MRI, it's just like, okay, this is who he is. Just a guy who, unfortunately for him, is an injury-plagued player. As for his contract, the Broncos have prided themselves on avoiding dead money. But there are some times that you have to take the sunk cost, that you've spent this money, it's not working out, and you're just wasting time and potentially wasting a roster spot trying to kind of keep chasing value out of that. The Broncos will move forward without Watson, who did not play Saturday. But plenty of Broncos did play and played well in the preseason loss to Chicago. In this week's Game Ball segment, Ryan, Steve, and I break down who stood out. All right, fellas, let's give away a few Game Balls. I'm going to start. Maybe this is propping myself up a little bit on taking the uh, L against Steve Atwater this week, but I, I got to give first one to Royce Freeman. In my opinion, Royce Freeman locked up the starting running back <laughs> job. Now, there might be a ceremonial Devontae Booker. It comes out on the field first, but in the end, Royce Freeman will touch the ball more than Devontae Booker this year for a multitude of reasons. The way he runs, he's getting better at pass pro, and now he's got back-to-back games of scoring touchdowns. Great vision, one cut back. I tweeted it out during the game. As far as I'm concerned, that was all we need to see. Royce Freeman is your starting running back, and he's the guy that's going to be carrying the ball more than any other back on the on the team. Oh, Bill Cow. I didn't say that. I said more than any other team, more than any other running back on the team. They're still going to work in Devontae Booker and Philip Lindsay. And by the way, 
those are the three that I think are going to be active on game days. Mm. Wait a minute, who? Say it again now. The three? Freeman, Booker, Lindsey. Woo! So, be so Henderson, what you got about Henderson? I think Henderson makes the roster, but I don't know if he'll always be a game day actor. And I think Dave Williams is practice squad. And Dave Williams is leaning towards practice squad. Been good in practice. Haven't seen. He had a nice run in the game. Had a nice block. And then he it got nice blocks. He came back. Yeah, came back. something like that uh, could have opened things up for him. And I, I, I would imagine Dave Williams will get a lot of run in the preseason finale, yes. and that might be a chance for him to show. What he can do, of course, if he does too well in the preseason finale, then all of a sudden you've got to uh, deal with a tough question Good potentially. Point. I have yeah. a feeling it's going to be between him and Henderson in that preseason finale mm -hmm. to get the bulk of the carries and the opportunity. Hey, might be between one of the two of you. Maybe that's how you frame it. But either way, Devontae uh, – uh, Either one of them can go on the practice squad, by the way. D'Angelo yes, Henderson can, you're right. go, you're right. can go there. So it could be, you know, winner of that competition, as it were, is on the 53 uh, – other guys on the practice squad. Simple as that. So, for me, Royce Freeman deserves a game ball. Back-to-back -back games with touchdowns. He's showing exactly what you want to see out of a starting running back. Your turn, Steve. No, you're right. No, Mace up next. Go okay, ahead, Mace. Mace. Wow. Thank you. Normally, when you win, you get the honors and go first. Um, Especially here in the golf environment that we are today. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Good point. I like I like to go last anyway. Okay. <laughs> it worked out for you in the pick'em. Yeah, that's true. It worked out for you in. I've gone rights. first both times and it hasn't worked. So I'm sort of saying, okay, I'm content not winning the uh, draft lottery. Yeah, the draft lottery. We'll have to have the draft lottery uh, by, by Wednesday, by the way, because I'll be traveling Thursday and okay. then uh, joining you from DC on Friday. Okay. So. All right, Mace, you're up next. Game ball. Game ball. I'm going to give a game ball to Jeff Hireman. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's right, love man. Hartman balled out. Outstanding work, not only uh, as a receiver, a couple of catches, and then another grab on a two-point conversion. Also good work in the blocking side of the game as well. Truck stick. Yeah. <laughs> he was outstanding. <laughs> Stiff arm. You, yeah, yeah, just shoving a guy. I think uh, someone put out a gif of, uh, from Clueless when Alicia Silverstone, as if, just like, shoves. Uh, somebody, and it was very similar to that, just a very thorough shove out of the frame that Jeff Hireman made. I loved seeing that from him, and you know, we talked to him last week. He's pretty optimistic, pretty excited. Uh, knee soreness is gone. He's had a good week, had an outstanding game against the Bears on Saturday night. I would say right there with the Colts game last year for his best one-night performance, and what we've seen from him over OTAs, and when he's been on the field in training camp and then Saturday night shows that this is why the Broncos stuck with him and why he's the number one tight end right now. Yeah, it was very impressive. Uh, you know, a lot of times when, when he catches the ball, I think, is that Jake Budd? I don't know. That's, that's Hireman. Yep. You know, he's got really good speed, good hands, show good toughness. He, he stood in there blocked. I know last year his blocking wasn't A1. Uh, so, Hopefully he's improved in that area throughout. He'll, he'll improve that area throughout the season. He hasn't always been trending to the 53, but they've had him as the number one guy on the tight end. And I think right now, if he stays healthy, that's it. He's going to be on it. But this is an ebb and flow. He's got to stay healthy. And he's got to prove that he can. All right, that's a good one. Good one, Mace. Steve. Uh, five. Five. Uh. <laughs> oh, and he was our number five pick. 55. Number one pick. Mr. Bradley Chubb, you know, he played a solid game. You could have made um, that sack, though. Huh? I mean, you could have made that sack. He came un unblocked 
in the in the, the on a fumbled was snap. Was it even a sack? Did they call it a run? That's a great question. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's. I, I'd say sack fumble. Yeah. I think that. Yeah, but uh, he was kind of. The, when it was, it was a bad. It wasn't a bad snap. He dropped, and then he kind of chased it and was taking off. And I think it officially went in the books as a run and a tackle for a loss, which is still good. Still safety. Yeah. All right. So fifty-five. Yeah. Bradley yeah, Chubb. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, four tackles. Yes, uh, solid in the run game. Uh, Better. He, he was he was hustling all over the field. Um, and again, I think he's just getting getting the motor started. You know, he's getting warmed up. And when the season starts, uh, man, he and Vaughn and Shane and Shaq and oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be something special. He was the only Bronco, by the way, credited by Pro Football Focus with multiple quarterback hurries. Two of them. There we go. There we go. I just want to take a moment to give Mace credit for something. All right, you and I both picked players that we had picked in our bragging rights. Mace went off script. Mace, with a little bit more wide vision of the game. He, he wasn't about propping himself up. He said, you know what? I'm going to pick somebody that, that played well. I'm not just going to pick guys that were propped up by our bragging rights mock. Good for you, man. I'm an open-minded guy. <laughs> what does that make you guys if you guys are choosing your own? Uh, sore winners? I don't well, know. I mean, <laughs> but, I mean, my guys did ball out, though. I mean, you know. I mean, I could have chosen Emmanuel Sanders. You could have. He was good. You yeah. could have. couple of first, first downs. That was your first pick. I it's not that my draft was bad. No. I just didn't. They just didn't get into the end zone. Are you going to not pick DF Dub this week then? Uh, probably not because I don't know how much he's going to play. Yeah. But by the the final one. Oh, oh. DF Dub might, might be, be the first, first pick, pick. <laughs> in our draft before the Arizona game. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely love that. All right, it's a good pick. I like that. Bradley Chubb has been has been playing well. I. Take a little bit of a jab there that that he could that anybody could have made that tackle, but he still did it. He didn't over pursue and run right hold by up, Trubisky. Could you have made that tackle? I'm saying any football player. I'm not, uh, fo- I'm not a football <laughs> player. I'm not. Right, look, any. I'm gonna say, I don't know if I could have either. All right, uh, my uh, next game ball. I'm gonna stay. I'm staying with running backs. Philip Lindsay. Uh, no question, a sharpie now on this roster. Pick not one only, of my guys. Not. Yeah, I'm picking one of your I'm guys. Not only did he lead the team in rushing. He also, of course, uh, had a couple uh, – he had one – let's see here. How many receptions? Where is he on this? Oh, he, maybe he didn't have any receptions. I thought he did, but he did the, the week before. Of course, he led in receiving. Tackle on special teams. He had a tackle oh, on special that's right. teams. Sure did. He was second up in punt return. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on. He's a starting kick returner, second up in punt return. Philip Lindsay has earned a roster spot. And at this point – all, all he can do is continue to show versatility for what Bill Musgrave is going to want to do on the offensive side of the ball. And he can run between the tackles. He can catch in space. I, I just got to give him to Philip Lindsay to, ta- to tack onto all of that. As Mace mentioned, he made a really, really good tackle on special teams as a gunner. Come on, man. Uh-huh. Philip Lindsay, a lot to be excited about with this young man. Oh, yeah, without question. And he's, he's, he's exciting. He's fast. He's explosive. Uh he gets the crowd into it. He's a hometown guy. I mean, he's, he, plus he, he works hard. What is, isn't there to like about him? Um, I love his attitude. Uh, lo- love, lo- love him. I uh, love his pass-catching ability. Um, he's going to be a weapon for us this year. Agreed. All right, uh, Mace, you're next. A lot of good choices. I'm going to go with an obvious one. Swag! Swag! Ah, Yes. <laughs> Did what he needed to do out there with the second team. Uh, threw that touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton in the second quarter to make it 20-7. to 
led Sutton nicely on the play. Good read there. I liked his throw to Tim Patrick as well because that's an acknowledgement that, hey, I've got this guy who can win the 50-50 balls downfield. Just get it up there and give it, give him a shot. And and throw that, him the damn ball. And that shows that <laughs> if he has to get in there with Portland <laughs> Sutton and Demarius Thomas at some point, then he's going to know, hey, throw it up there, give him a shot. They're going to be able to come down with it more often than not. He doesn't need a big window to get the, to squeeze the ball in there. I thought he had a bit more pocket presence than he did last Absolutely. week. Absolutely, Chad Kelly, I'm giving him a game ball. And like I said to you after the game Saturday on our podcast, you can listen to on DenverBroncos.com or subscribe uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, etc. I think you can put Chad Kelly in Sharpie on the 53. He's on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, earned a, he's earned a roster spot. There's nothing they can do to hide him. There's no hoping to sneak him anywhere. He, he is on the roster. You know what impressed me? We talked about it in that podcast. What impressed me, there was a play where he – one of the things that – you brought up Simeon and, and Lynch, and, and just for a moment, one of the things that bothered me the most about them and about their game is they took a lot of unnecessary hits. Not only, not only was it the field vision and uh, sometimes making bad decisions, but they take a lot of shots. Oh, yeah. Trevor, specifically, took a lot of shots. Chad Kelly doesn't do that. He doesn't take a lot of unnecessary shots. There was a play in the game on Saturday night where he was dead to rights. Defensive lineman got through, busted through, and he could have just sort of tucked it and, and laid down and taken the hit. But instead, he kind of scrambled, he kind of scrambled, kept his eyes downfield, and he ran out of bounds. Now, it went down as a sack. But but as he turned, the hit, yeah. but he didn't take the hit, right. and that's what was impressive. He kind of just scrambled out of bounds, and and he looked like he was comfortable the whole time. This wasn't a oh my gosh, well this guy's coming at me, freaking out, get popped. He just said okay, I see you, I see you, and then I'm just going to move out of the way. And he didn't take those unnecessary shots. So not only is it what Mace described, but it's that anticipation, it's the poise in the pocket, it's right. those things that don't matter if you're first, second, or third team. Right. Those are the things that he's doing, and he's already ahead of Paxton Lynch. At this point in both their in his careers. first camp in Paxton's in a start. Yeah, yeah and, so, and some guys have it, and some guys don't. I mean, some guys can throw the ball a mile. Uh, they, they can make some decisions, but they can't make other decisions. And Chad Kelly, at least at this point, has done a good job at making the important decisions and doing a good job of, of making good decisions uh, with the important things that, that count, you know, like not getting hit all the time, uh, reading where the, uh, where the rush is coming from, being able to step up into the pocket and not drift. Um, this guy, man, he, he, he can be really good. Not drift. You brought that up in the podcast, mm-hmm. too. That was a problem with Trevor Simeon the last couple of years, drifting. I mean, you can when you drift in the pocket, you can take good work by your tackles and nullify it completely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And Chad Kelly, instead of drifting, he's holding his ground or he's stepping up or he's stepping laterally. He's not drifting back. Okay. okay. Your turn. Can I, can I get two people? Or Do you, you know what? You're, you're Steve Atwater. You got you got the dub this week. So maybe we're doing it snake. A little bit. So yeah. you can get the last one. <laughs> no, no, I'll just do one. No, I'll just do one. I'll just yeah. keep it. Keep it I mean, because we did, we did give Mace a hard time I last know, week. I know. I thought about that. My bad, man. Yeah, I'm all sorry, right. Mace, We man. did give Mace a hard time. I want to be like Mace, man. Everybody does. Um, all right. Well, I'm going with, with – uh, I'm actually keeping what I've been doing. All right? <laughs> Who's our first round pick? My guys. Who's our second round pick? Oh, Corlin Sutton. Yes. You know, I mean, he, he had a great catch. Yeah, gr- great catch. Uh, his his um, first touchdown. Yep. Wasn't too over overly excited because he knows he's going to see the end zone many more times this year. I like the way he handled it. Um, and then he had the PI, 45-yard PI. Oh, right, right. Great, man. great play back to the ball. Oh man, we looked we looked at the play earlier 
uh, with the guy from Pittsburgh uh, that played James it, Washington. James Washington, mm-hmm. how he went back over the receiver yep. and, and was a, went back over the defender and, and was able to catch the ball. Yep. All of a sudden, we've seen that in practice time and time again, and that's a heck of a skill. And these defensive backs have to know that if you don't high point the ball, yep. especially against a player like Cortland Sutton, he's going to make you look bad. He's yeah. going he's to go up and get that ball at the highest point, and he's already 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and then with his jumping ability, the ability to box you out, hey, man, defensive players are going to have a tough time with him, again, especially if they aren't used to going up and high pointing the football. It's an important thing you bring up, and Mace, I'll come to you on this too, because if you're one-on-one – and maybe you aren't going to get the ball. You've got to work back to it, even if it's going to be to prevent possibly interception or potentially to draw the flag. That's important. And young receivers, sometimes it takes them a bit. That was a that was a vet move by Cortland Sutton. I loved it. Yeah, it, it, the, basically the Bears cornerback had no place to turn nope. at that point. And uh, it was sort of similar to how Kevin White drew the uh, yes. P.I. on Isaac Yadam. Yes. A little bit different in terms of the alignment, but certainly Yadam had no place to go at that point. And so that's a, but Kevin White is third-year guy. But Cortland Sutton is in year one, and he's doing that same sort of thing. And that thing really comes down to your ability to judge the flight of the ball, where the ball is going to land, and guys who can get an early read on the ball and – have a good determination of where it's going to come down. They they have an advantage because guys who can't judge balls well, oh man, they don't know where it's going. Yep. And you know a receiver like Corlin Sutton, who does that very well, is able to judge where the ball is going and knows where he needs to be to high point it. He's he's a serious weapon. Not all receivers can do that. All right, so there you go. Those are our uh, game balls. Of course, if we want to give a couple more, I can think of one more. Yeah, I got past. one more. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay, then we'll, we'll do, we'll do yeah, a couple more on the more. other side. We'll okay. do a couple more on the other side. There's one more that we haven't given away that absolutely has to. You're going to probably give us – we probably think about the same person. We'll find out on the other side of the break. 303. We'll see. <laughs> 303-713-7600 is the phone number. <laughs> see, that never gets old for me <laughs> because it's, it's like a radio like rule. You don't you – know, like, you're like, we'll see. It's like, well, well, you can always we say we'll see. It's crazy because now every time somebody says that, I think about you. Yeah, why? Well, the thing is radio demands opinions. It doesn't demand middle ground and wait and see. <laughs> yeah, no, it yeah, doesn't. Yeah. Same thing with Twitter. Like, you can't take a we'll see approach. But gotta- that's Steve's M.O. He is going to die on the we'll see. <laughs> I, haven't show been, me. I haven't been saying as much, though. The will, you've been saying show me yeah, because show you're me. from Missouri. You're going to die on the we'll see, show me hill. But I give my opinions, but at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's going to play out as it's going to play out. It's like, no, man, we got to talk about that. It, it cracks me up. I love that about <laughs> you. I love that about you. Don't ever change. We're going to start keeping eyes. But I'm going to keep mocking you for it. Know that. That's, ne- that's never going away. We'll see. <laughs> 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 All right. A couple more game balls to give out. Dang Demarcus man. Walker's got to get a game ball. Ooh, yes. All right, He's all right. He's got to get a game ball. He he had a sack. Uh, he played really, really well. As Mace noted in our podcast post game, was uh, getting double teamed <laughs> at times. He was around the ball. He looks comfortable on that defensive line. The way he's playing, you know, for all the frustrations that second round picks have sometimes represented, second day picks have represented for the Broncos. I got a feeling they might have gotten this one right. It mm-hmm. just took a little bit of time. Yeah, I mean, and we all know last year that he switched positions because yes. of the injury to Shane Ray. And, you know, he went home and got his mind right. He uh, got his weight back up to where it needed to be. And, 
he's ready to play football. He, he's ready to put in the work. Uh, he's learning from uh, all the veterans on the team and also with, uh, with uh, I want to say Demarcus Walker, but it's not Demarcus Walker. Uh, Demarcus Ware. Demarcus Ware. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, Demarcus. I some, yeah. Lots of Demarcus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With DeMar- well, and we used to have Vance Walker on this team, so that – that always, like, for me, I'm like, all right, Vance Walker, DeMarcus Walker, and Marcus Ware. Maybe it's just the progression. DeMarcus Ware to Vance Walker. Add the two of them together, you get DeMarcus Marcus Walker. Walker. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's good. Right. That, that, that's an easy way to remember. All right, so yeah, we'll still screw it up. That's all good. <laughs> Philip McKenzie. But, yeah, I know. I know. Man. But him learning from DeMarcus, uh, DeMarcus Ware yes. and, and Vaughn, even though they're edge rushers, uh, they're showing him some of the things that he can take advantage of on the inside. Uh, I, I love his progression. Uh, he has a lot of uh, excitement when he's on the field, too. He's, you know, always trying to get the guys fired up. And I don't think that's really normally how he is because he seems like a, you know, kind of a quiet guy. But, mm-hmm. man, in the game, he, he was into it. My next pick for okay. a game ball, Justin Simmons. Oh, oh of course. Yes, man. With the pick <laughs> in the second quarter. And he was thrown at four times, only allowed one completion for a mere seven yards. Outstanding work by him, and with the Broncos' depth compromised at safety and even at cornerback, and we know that he can go against the uh, slot receiver from time to time, Justin Simmons came up in a big way, and they're going to need him to have that sort of performance going into the regular season. That was on a running back, wasn't it? That was, that was on Cohen? On Tariq Cohen? Yeah. 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 And, we and Tariq Cohen is a heck of a uh, rock running running back, yes, too. Yes, he is. He's uh, got some Tyreek Hill in yeah. his skill set, being able to get the, get the ball on a pass thrown to him. Nice read of Trubisky's intent yep. by Justin Simmons on that play. And we keep talking about how the Broncos have to get better against tight ends, get better against running backs coming out of the backfield. Justin Simmons is going to have to be a big part of that. Look, I'll make a prediction right now. Justin Simmons will lead the Broncos in interceptions this year. That's what we call him, Pro Bowler Justin Simmons. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pro Bowler Justin yeah. Simmons, he's going to be in position. Yep. As uh, covering in the slot as he has, I'm glad you got. I'm glad we got to that. I mean, he had a turnover in the game, an interception, and that was on him with that read yes. to to kind of break in front and get the ball. And it was important because Chicago at that moment had gotten a first down. They were starting to move, and yeah. I mean, just like the the safety ended up sparking things for the Broncos to get the their first first down of the preseason. It set up swag. It set up swag. Yeah. Yep, and swag came in very next, <laughs> play, very next, and he drove down and scored a touchdown. You know, it's crazy with Justin because. I love to see him as the middle, middle of the field safety because he has such great range. But then I also like to see him up in the box in passing situation because he does such a good job of covering backs and tight ends and even receivers up there. Uh, so I'm kind of torn there, you Can know. Can we clone him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, last I checked it was illegal, but, I mean, you know, hey. Uh, yeah, no, we were Illegal. Hoping, that, we're, that, that definition is changing by the day. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go with a guy who I uh, thought you would say something about, but nobody said anything about him. Uh, you know, wasn't a huge deal, but it's a huge deal for him. A.J. Johnson. I'm glad you brought oh, it yes. up. Come, yes. Coming back, uh, making that special teams tackle. Tweet he, out that video he last He was night. the beast. That was his nickname at the University of Tennessee, man. And uh, just a heck of a player, three-time uh, all-SEC player. Uh, he, he can be a dominant force. And he, he just showed a little bit of that coming into practice last week. You know, and the coaches put him into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he may have even played some defense. He may play some yeah, defense. He did a little bit well. of ten, ten snaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but that hit. I mean, that's whew. when you're watching that. 
That's what you want to see from a guy making a first impression. By the way, guys, he wants to go by Alexander. Ale- yes. That's right. Johnson okay, my now. bad. No worries. Yeah. No worries. Alexander Johnson. Yep. Right. Alexander right. Johnson. Right. I called him AJ on the podcast, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting used to it, too. Right. So go you've ahead. got an Alexander and you've got a Hamilton on the team. <laughs> you do have an Alexander and a Hamilton <laughs> and a Johnson. Next up, Andy Lindahl and Tyler Columbus's weekly chat with NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, who starts off with his analysis of the Bengals' surprising release of safety George Iloka. Ian, it's Andy and Tyler. How are you doing this morning? What's going on, guys? How are you? You know what? We're good. Uh, Saw at least a a fun football game over the weekend. There was a lot of interesting action over the weekend. You have a lot of tweets that you sent out yesterday. I do want to kind of uh, start with one that you sent yesterday with Cincinnati making a move yeah. and releasing their safety Iloka. What what is going on there? You said it's strictly financial, but that seems like a really good player to hit the market. What happened there? Yeah, I mean this is one you know you get news uh, and it's a lot of times it comes in the same way with a quick text. And this is one where I had to make a call, a couple calls, and be like, what what is really happening here? What am I missing? Because I mean he's. He's a really good player. He's been a starter for them for uh, six years. You know, he's making almost $6 million. And I think one of the things we've seen this offseason is that the safety market has been basically reset in the wrong way. You know, so if you see a safety now is make, especially a strong safety, which is what I think teams believe he is, you know, if you have a strong safety making $6 million, then a lot of times that guy's roster spot is is available. And I think what the Bengals did was they saw the money. They saw that, um, you know, they drafted someone in the second round to come in and maybe be their future. They said, you know what? He's probably not a local right now, but maybe by the end of the season, maybe he could get there. Let's just make a move now. And, and so Cincinnati moved on probably quicker than anyone anticipated. And, you know, for a loca, it's obviously it's not good to get cut. He's probably going to make less than he would have. Um, but it's early enough in the preseason where he's going to find a job and really, really help someone. Ian, before we get dialed in here on the Broncos in their uh, game last weekend, I want to ask you just about this helmet rule and your general thoughts over the first couple games. I mean, obviously there's been a ton of uproar. Kyle Shanahan speaking yeah. out. Uh, Richard Sherman saying it needs to be uh, just dismantled entirely right now. Um, what Derek your, Wolf. Derek Wolf. I mean, look, shoot, I, I'm sure it's every player on every team if you look close enough. But it's getting called a lot, and I know everybody's hoping that it's called a lot during preseason and it gets dialed back during the regular season. But do you think that there's any chance that we see this rule get defined a little bit more even maybe this year? I actually think that is what we're seeing. I mean, to me, this sort of reminds me of when the league took launching out. Remember like five years ago when guys like Brandon Merriweather were all getting suspended and it was an uproar. Everybody went crazy, and you're know, not going to be able to tackle, and, and then players adjusted. And now, I mean, if you think about it, you almost never see a safety leave their feet and crush a receiver like we used to five years ago. We just, you just don't see it. And when you do, it's so obvious that everyone goes, that's obviously a penalty. Um, I imagine that we are going to see that same thing with this helmet rule. It's the preseason. Everyone's getting flagged. The games don't count, obviously. And so you're sort of seeing – some overreach by officials, but also they're trying to figure it out too. Um, and then it's like, 
you know, you're going to get through the first two or three weeks of the season. There'll be several calls that'll be infuriating. Everyone will talk about it. And then the players will adjust a little bit. The refs will adjust a little bit. And then it'll probably be a lot more manageable. And, you know, the bottom line is safety is important. This rule is going to help. But it's going to be trial and error where they're going to figure it out, not sort of just pushing a button. It, it just almost feels like it needs better definition is the issue for me. Like, do I agree that players will adjust? I do. I mean, that's a good example that you used with the launching. Uh, but unfortunately for me, I can't quite figure out what the rule is or when it is a penalty. And I think that that's a large part of the frustration. I, I mean, I, I know you said that it feels like they're figuring it out right now, but how are the players supposed to figure out what is and what is not a penalty? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, and um, it's not a clear definition. And, you know, one of the frustrations was just fundamentally how it was enacted was it was basically passed without a clear definition. And, you know, the the, the thought process that they're going to kind of figure it out along the way, and again, like, you hope that happens, it just hasn't yet. So I, what what I would envision happening is you go through the preseason – maybe one more game, or maybe just all the way through, and then you'll see the officials reach out to teams, the competition committee maybe get involved and, and kind of further solidify a definition of what this is. And, and I would anticipate that the conversations continue into the season. It's really important. They need to get it right, but it's obvious that this was not a finished product when they passed this rule. Ian, as we look at the Broncos situation, um, I mean, not much really has changed from a week ago. There was obviously the shakeup at the depth chart. When we talked to you last Monday, you sort of predicted it coming. I think we all saw it coming. We were just wondering would the Broncos ultimately do it. They did. Paxton slides to three. He's not even getting a warm welcome in his own stadium anymore, um, which it was, frankly, for Tyler and I, kind of an ugly scene. I'm sure you've seen it where the first-round pick doesn't end up being what was promised. But – Boy, the fans were not kind to him that night. If the Broncos decide to go veteran route, ultimately, Teddy Bridgewater, is he going to be the guy that the sweepstakes kick up for, do you think? I mean, he had another decent showing the other night, good showing, frankly, uh, the other night in the game for the Jets. That that knee looks solid to me. I've seen him make a couple of you know moves on, on pass rushers that, that show you the knee's okay. Is he going to be like the Sam Bradford of this year, where if you need a quarterback, that's the first call you're making? Yes. Uh, I would say that him and Drew Stanton are the two to watch for. But here's kind of the issue. You know, there was a report over the weekend that the Colts were offered a second rounder for Jacoby Brissett. That's actually, that was not true. That report was wrong. But the the thought process is sort of interesting because are you really going to give up a second rounder, a third rounder, say, for a player who might not play? I just don't see that happening. I don't see anyone trading a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick for a guy who may never play. Like, if you're the Broncos, uh, and, you know, the Broncos have been aggressive, especially when it comes to the quarterback position, trading up, signing a big free agent. Um, I have a hard time imagining them saying, you know what, we're okay giving up the same pick that the Browns gave up for Tyrod Taylor for a quarterback who may never play. So, you know, that's the difference with the Bradford situation from a couple years back is, you know, that took the Teddy Bridgewater injury to create a huge hole at starting quarterback. You know, if it's backups, I don't see the Jets accepting, say, a six-rounder 
to lose that security. So I have a hard time imagining a trade happens absent a big quarterback injury. Ian, this is the time of the year that uh, teams start trading away guys that are probably not going to make it on their roster. If they can get a seventh rounder for them, even a conditional seventh rounder for them, uh, they'll go ahead and trade them away. Uh, I'm curious for the Broncos. You know, we're all so dialed in on the backup quarterback position. Are there any other spots on this Broncos roster that you could see them making a move for here over the next week or two? Um. Yeah, I would say, first of all, you're right on where the trades kind of come from because they really are like, hey, we're about to cut this guy. You know, he's going to go through waivers. Okay, you're about to cut this guy. Let's just trade now so we don't, so no one goes through waivers. I think that's kind of what, that's kind of what these trades are. I mean, I think for the Broncos, you know, maybe offensive line depth, um, you know, would be something I could see them taking a look at. Um, maybe some depth in the secondary I think would, would help. You know, I, I have a hard time imagining it would be someone like a local, though you never know, but maybe a little, just a little depth back there. Um, you know, it would be just things to kind of like finish out the roster. Um, you know, maybe they pick up, maybe a running back on waiver wire. I mean, I, I don't see any big, big moves, you know, absent, let's say, uh, an unforeseen injury. Uh, All right, last one for me. You obviously had the news yesterday about Adrian Peterson. Jamal Charles also caught my eyes. I read your tweets going to the Redskins and having a tryout, Um, and we are about to obviously have the Broncos and Redskins play Friday night. Do you think either of those running backs will be on that Redskin roster by the time the Broncos arrive to play that critical third preseason game? Maybe not Jamal Charles because, you know, it would be rare for them to bring in a guy. He didn't work out, but he visited do a physical, do everything, and then bring in another guy and then still sign the original guy. You know what I mean? So I would maybe Jamal Charles signs, but I would say probably not. Um, I would definitely keep an eye on Adrian Peterson, though. I mean, he's in shape. He's willing to play for cheap. He's willing to be a number two running back and to kind of teach younger guys. I think he's embracing that stage of his career. Um, they know what they're getting with him, and they're still bringing him in. It's not a workout, so it's just a, a physical and a visit. You know, I think there is a real legitimate chance that this happens in Washington. And um, and then I don't know, because there were times last year when Peterson looked like himself, looked great. Other times he did not. Yeah. You know, if he's used properly, then that could be a fascinating, fascinating addition to a team that had horrendous running back injuries, thought Darius Geist was going to be their first and second down back, lost him to an ACL. It would be a, a impressive way to salvage a position if Peterson was like the Peterson from, say, a couple years ago. Finally, I want to share a part of our conversation with former Broncos safety David Bruton Jr. He joined us at the 760 Golf Tour at the club at Pradera on Monday afternoon, and I want to focus on our brief discussion about the NFL's new lowering the helmet rule. He's very candid about this, so give that a listen. One of the things for the Broncos this year, and it's been this way for a while for the Broncos, is covering tight ends. Mm-hmm. And, boy, I, I don't – especially now with the new tackling rules, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what the heck are you supposed to do? Oh, with the tackling rules, I have no idea. Yeah. Not, not a clue. Like, well, how are you supposed to tackle? Yeah. Like, everybody's – the defensive players, again, got some new rule that they're going to get fined for, get penalized for. It's, it's an offensive mind the league in, in its entirety from, you know, how they just structure these different, different rules. Um, I think it puts the defensive player at a disadvantage, um, puts the team, whoever's on defense, at a, at a disadvantage, and 
how are you supposed to tackle? I and mean, they don't give you any alternative. Yeah. They don't say, okay, instead of doing this, do that. They, yeah. they don't do that. So guys are just left, hey, I just keep doing what I've been doing yeah. and yeah, take the chance of getting the fine. Yeah, and then the offense is, what, they're lowering their head or yes. dropping their oh. shoulder, but we're going to be the ones who – because we're meeting them face-to-face. <laughs> I think it's one of those rules that – eventually are going to get washed up, kind of like the, yeah. the catch, catch rule. rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, it's not going to last. Yeah. And, you know, injuries are part of the game. You, we all hate to see them when they happen, yeah. but it's, it's an unfortunate part of the game. And I don't think there's any way that you can eliminate that as long as guys are being physical. Now, if we start playing tag, then, hey, yeah. we can eliminate all the yeah. daggone um, – the daggone. 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 it. Daggone it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can listen to the whole chat that we have with Bruton over on DenverBroncos.com. Thanks for joining me today. Talk to you next time. Orange and Blue 760.